Marquise Bell was one of my favorite, scratch that, my favorite HBCU player in the draft cycle. Marcus Mosher from Locked On Cowboys is here to give an update on how he's looked in camp and also a powerful statement about his roster status. Oh, yeah, it's Locked On HBCU. Play my music. You are Locked On HBCU, your daily podcast covering HBCU sports. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, family? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On HBCU Podcast, your number one. Daily one-stop shop for everything HBCU athletics, Monday through Friday, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every For Sam Darian Gray, a.k.a. the Mouth of the South, Texas Southern alum and former TSU Herald Sports editor. Thank you for going on this journey with me, making Locked On HBCU your first listen of the day every day. And remember, just because the mic cuts off does not mean that the journey is over. It means it's time to follow me on Twitter at South Exclusives. And Marcus Bell was my favorite player in the HBCU draft cycle this year. And he's the topic of discussion on today's episode. Marcus Mosher of Locked On Cowboys joins to talk about Bell's performance in the preseason practices and then also in the preseason games. All right, Marcus, I just want to kind of your background with Marquise Bell. Coming into the draft cycle or coming into signing with the Cowboys, I should say, how much background knowledge did you have on Marquise Bell coming out of FAMU? Yeah, we actually had quite a bit because the Cowboys brought him in for a 30 visit, which is, it, it indicates that the team had a lot of interest. So we were able to watch him in March and April, kind of getting ready for the draft. And then I thought for sure he was going to be somebody the Cowboys grabbed in the fifth, sixth round. Didn't happen. They ultimately gave him a, a, a you know a big contract as an undrafted free agent. But I think the Cowboy fans, he certainly wasn't an unknown. Like this is a guy that a lot of people knew about you know, during the entire draft process. Yeah, I think that a lot of people over here on the HBCU side felt like he would be drafted. Sound like you felt like he would be drafted. That wasn't his path. He went the UDFA route. But having that knowledge and knowing of him. What kind of expectations did you have for him as a player coming into camp this year? Yeah, I thought he would be somebody that could compete for a job on the practice squad. You know, maybe be a developmental safety that, um, you know, eventually could work his way up to maybe being a core special teamer. That's not the case. He, he He's already exceeded that. Like, it's, it's a foregone conclusion that he's going to be on the 53-man roster. Now it's just how much does he play? And by the indications that we've seen from training camp and the preseason so far, the answer is a lot. That's what we like to hear. That's what we want to hear. Y'all hear that, okay? FAMU, well, I guess former FAMU now, but still rattler to us on this side. Marquise Bell has been playing well enough to where Marcus Moster feels like this guy is going to make an impact pretty quickly. So quick impacts is kind of the thing for him. And he made that quick impact in training had a long pick six they hadn't even gotten so this was really fresh in the camp have those plays persisted and continued as training camp has continued oh absolutely and dallas cowboys defensive coordinator dan quinn is the absolute perfect person uh, to coach marquis belt because he knows how to use a player of his size and talent right because most teams 
I mean, what do you do with a 215 pound safety? You know, you, you stick him in the box and you just call it a day, right? Right. That's not really the case for Marquis Bell and Dan Quinn. They're moving him all over. They're having him line up as an edge rusher on some snaps, putting him over the center. And then on the next snap, you'll see him back as the free safety. Like they're trying to find ways to put him in positions to make plays. And to his credit, he's made a bunch of them so far, even in the preseason games. I mean, you could see him just flying off the edge, creating pressure. Uh, he had an incredible quarterback hit in the red zone a couple of weeks ago. Uh, they are trying to find ways to best utilize his athleticism and size. It's really, really exciting if you're a Cowboy fan right now. During the draft, people tried to take away from Marquise Bell's coverage ability. Personally, I feel like that's just because in the SWAC, that's not what FAMU asked him to do in his last season. I believe he has it. During training, well, I guess, let me not even ask that. How do you feel about his coverage ability for the Cowboys? thus far the Cowboys haven't asked him to do a lot of man-to-man coverage right and I think I think it's smart right it's just not his skill set where he is really good is playing near the line of scrimmage running sideline to sideline and making tackles but I think Dan Quinn has done a good job of you know matching him up in zones or getting him uh, against running backs like he can do that kind of stuff you don't want him covering Kyle Pitts or Travis Kelsey. What you want him doing right. is making plays downhill. So we haven't seen it be a problem yet, but because Dan Quinn is doing a good job of not putting in, him into a spot where that would become a problem. Yeah, that's coaching. Like If mm-hmm. I'm a coach and I say, okay, I got Marcus Mostert on my team. I got to know what his strengths and his weaknesses are. And why would I ever put it if I want locked on to make sense? Correct. Now, yes. You had a lot of confidence when talking about Marquise Bell making the roster. Would you go as far as to call him a roster lock? Or is this just somebody you truly believe is going to make it? Oh, he's a lock. He's already made the team. Now it's just how much does he play? I, I wouldn't be surprised if he has a role in week one when the Cowboys play Tampa Bay. Certainly going to play on special teams. I have no doubt about that. He's probably competing for the four safety role. But luckily in Dan Quinn's defense, they use a lot of safeties. They've got a guy, J. Ron Curse, a six foot four safety that they use as a linebacker. So uh, I'm a little skeptical that he's going to play a lot on defense early on in the season. But I do expect as the year goes on that he is going to find snaps on defense. But to answer your question, yeah, he's made the team. We interrupt today's interview to give you a very important message. Say you're back home, you're chilling with your friends, and you're throwing back a couple of drinks, having a good time. There's nothing wrong with that. But what is the problem is when you get behind the wheel. That's the issue. When you had too many to drink and you get behind the wheel because you're thinking, I'm probably not going to get pulled over. I only live around the corner. I'm not that far. I can make it. They're not going to stop me. But here's the thing. That shouldn't be your main concern. That is not the main concern. The main concern is that when you get behind the wheel impaired, you're putting everybody else at risk as well. Getting pulled over is by far the best thing that could happen when you're driving impaired. We all know what the worst is. We don't want that to happen. So with that being said, you have Uber, you have Rideshare, you have friends. If you see somebody drinking and you think they've had a couple of shots or a couple of drinks, take the keys. I promise you they'll be more thankful to wake up in their own bed and you take them to their car than to not be able to drive or wake up somewhere else or not even wake up at all. 
All right. So make sure you're doing that. Drive sober or get pulled over. Stat. We keep on rolling on today's episode of Locked on HBCU, and I thank that's your first listen of the day every day. Now, make sure you are checking out the Ultimate College Football Preview. They have everything you need in one spot. College Football Insiders, you have the experts, the local team experts, everybody breaking it down in a seven-part series to get you ready for the season, and week zero is upon us. Make sure you're searching Ultimate College Football Preview on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm here with Marcus Mosher still, and we're talking about Marcus Marquise Bell's performance in training camp and including the joint practices with the Los Angeles Chargers. And you talked about Kierce, right? So with Kierce, he had an injury earlier in training camp. Down, Marquise mm-hmm. Bell stepped into those first team reps. Now, to me, that spoke volumes on where he stood. Now, once he got out there with those first teamers, how did he play? Didn't really notice a drop off, right? I mean, I, I, I know this sounds crazy. And it sounds like I'm hyping up, you know, Marquis <laughs> Bell, but anybody who has watched him, like, you know what he's capable of. Now, the, and I don't even want to say it's a problem because it's not a problem. He's a he's a undrafted free agent rookie. He needs mm-hmm. to become more consistent. Like you see the splash plays. If he can become more consistent, he can become a little bit more reliable and knowing where he's supposed to be. I wouldn't be surprised at all if he's competing for a starting job in 2023 and beyond. But yeah, when he was in there, you see why the Cowboys were so excited to be able to grab him as an undrafted free agent. Love this guy, right? We are huge Marquise Bell fans over here. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because there's a couple of players who got drafted, well, four players who got drafted, and he wasn't one of them. But by far, Marquise Bell was my favorite HBC the drum repeatedly. And I see this talent. I see right now when he gets in there with those first teamers, you say you don't see a drop off, but you need a little bit of more, a little bit more consistency. How long should we give him a grace period to know where he is, to know some of these ins and out, to smooth out some of the rough spots yep. in his game? Yeah, I, I, I think if he can just get on the field at all, this year on defense as an undrafted rookie, you got to be just absolutely tickled pink, right? Like that just doesn't happen. Like you don't undrafted free agents, no matter where you're from Alabama or an HBCU undrafted free agents, just don't get on the field as a rookie. So if you see him playing at all, that's a fantastic sign. I expect him to be a special teams ace. And then 2023, if he could even grow into that third safety role, I think the Cowboys have hit a home run, but I, Personally, and just kind of talking to the people around the Cowboys and that have some uh, decisions to make, they believe that this could be a guy that does compete for a starting job by next year. Okay, now part of training camp is not only playing team, right? You're going to compete against your offense repeatedly, but you have to perform against others. And you recently had this with the, almost said San Diego. Uh, we had joint practices with the Los Angeles Chargers. What did he look like then when he had to go against some competition he's not so familiar with? Yeah, it was uh, he was fine. Um, it was a little different because the the Chargers have Austin Eckler, who they can split out in the out wide 
or they can use him out of the backfield as a receiver. The Cowboys did have to use Marquise Bell a lot in the first team unit. Um, and there was times where he struggled a little bit in coverage. Austin Eckler got him on a few routes, but overall he didn't look out of place. Like the moment wasn't too big for him. I'm going to keep mentioning this needs to become more consistent, but he is definitely something or somebody that the Cowboys are excited about long-term. So first off getting beat by Austin Eckler, I think we both know is it, it, not it happens, right? Feel good about. Right. It's Austin at backs in the NFL. Now, you said when Eckler got out there, they started using him more with the first team. So is this something when you have more receiving backs that you're going against, you think you'll see Marquise Bell get more of a role in those games? I think it's possible. I think the Cowboys want to just try to get as much size and length and speed on the field at one time. And that's why we do see a lot of three safety looks between right now it's J. Ron Kerr's Malik Hooker and Donovan Wilson. But I wouldn't be surprised if Bell is kind of that first guy off the bench when they have three safety looks because I, I don't get the the idea that the Cowboys want to use their bigger linebackers in coverage. Now, they've got Anthony right. Barr, who's like 260 pounds, Micah Parsons, who's 250 pounds, Leighton Vanderesh, 255. Instead, okay. you can bring in one of these safeties that's 212 pounds and just as big, but also can run a little bit faster, can change direction. I, I think the idea is to keep Marquise Bell in the box to help cover some of these receiving running backs, not just Austin Eckler, but Nim Hines or Kenneth Gainwell in Philadelphia. So I think Bell does match up well with those kind of players. Okay. And we've seen him in the actual game, right? You have practice, but then you have the actual game as well. We've seen him with two preseason games underneath his belt. What did you see from him in both of these games? In the Chargers game, he was significantly more productive as far as stats. But in both of these games, what was his performance? Uh, athleticism for days, right? If he is like unblocked, and this is what the Cowboys have been trying to do, is find advantageous matchups for him where he can come off the side unblocked on a blitz. Or he's matched up with a running back one-on-one in pass pro, right? He's coming down and blitzing. Or he can be lined up as a weak side linebacker. Like that's where he's excelled in these games. Um, I, I think his best role right away is going to be blitzing. And we actually saw that in the first preseason game the Cowboys had against the Broncos. Like, you just get him near the line of scrimmage. Not only is he an athlete, but he's got, like, the instincts. Like, there's just something about when you're blitzing, knowing when to time to step, knowing what gap to shoot. I think Bell's got it. We're wrapping up today's episode of Locked on HBCU with a look ahead to what is his future? What can Marquise Bell look like for the Cowboys in 2022? So I think that speaks volumes because you spoke earlier about the multitude of ways that Dan Quinn has used him. And he's kind of that linebacker safety hybrid that Dan Quinn likes in his in his uh, on his roster, on his defense. Now I'm a Saints fan with the Falcons so I have a little bit of understanding of what they look like for those who may not be as familiar with Dan Quinn's system what does that linebacker safety hybrid look like what are the the responsibilities of Mm -hmm. that position yeah I mean we can go back to the Falcons days when he used Keon O'Neal right who was an all pro safety but really played like a linebacker role the Cowboys actually signed him last year and had him play linebacker but we can look at that, or you can go back to the Seattle days, right? Where it's Cam Chancellor, right? These just oversized safeties that love physicality. They don't mind sticking their nose into the run action. 
they'll take on a guard if you need to. Like this is what Dan Quinn wants is these kind of, I mean, they're just super, super long athletic safeties. That's why Marquise Bell landed in the absolute best possible spot. Cause there's nobody else in the league that knows how to use these guys better than Dan Quinn. I know he's a little bit blocked right now with snaps because there are so many safeties ahead of him, but uh, I I do think that the Cowboys are excited about where he could potentially play. And I also want to just point this out. We end up calling these guys safeties. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know that matters so much. He's like a second level defender. Like that's the, the right. way I would okay. describe him, right? Like he's not going to be lined up on the line of scrimmage as like an edge rusher, but he's not going to be in the deep center field like Marcus Williams formerly of your saints, right? He's going to be in the middle of the field, roaming around, making plays. And whether you want to call him a safety, you want to call him a linebacker. It doesn't really matter. You want him in the middle of the field, making plays. I think that's a great breakdown. Something that's easily understandable. Just that's what he is. Cause I was almost about to ask you how close he is to Jamal Adams, as far as usage, but I think second level defender, he's kind of like a, a small linebacker. If you play Madden, I vision, envision yeah. it kind of like the big um, position where you have mm-hmm. your guy in a slot who is kind of like a, another linebacker. And you say special teams is where you think he's on the field right now. If you're looking at Marquise Bell and projecting in 2022, so this year, what is his quickest route to the field on defense? Mm, that's a really, really good question. I think it's as the primary backup to J Ron curse who he's been replacing in practice, right? Curse is a 29 year old. That's kind of bounced around the league and Dan Quinn revived his career last year and led the Cowboys in tackles. I think that's the best spot, right? Just play behind him, learn the defense because J Ron curse, again, a safety playing the second level actually is wearing the green dot on his helmet, which means that he's calling the plays on defense. I think if bell can kind of learn that spot, soak up everything from, J. Ron Curse that he can. I think that's probably the best way for him to get snaps this year. Whenever Curse is off the field, he comes in, plays those snaps. I think that's how he makes an impact. Now, recently, there was another safety who popped out, and you talked about it on the show with your co-host. And listen, I'm not about to butcher his name, right? But he's the guy. Israel Kamu, I got you. Israel, I appreciate it. I was going to say Israel, but I didn't know how to yeah, yeah. say We just call him Izzy. We just call him Izzy on the podcast. Okay. We're good. Izzy. You spoke about him being a, a real star on, at the safety position. These are two safeties, but Bell's kind of a hybrid second-level defender. They're different. They're are different, they right? For- it, no, competing? It, to me, those are totally different players, right? I, okay. What's crazy is these are two, like, six-foot-three long defensive backs, so you would assume they play the p- same position. It's actually not the case. Israel Mukamu was the out, other outside cornerback at South Carolina with J.C. Horn, and that's why their secondary is so good. But the Cowboys are using Izzy Mukamu as a safety cornerback hybrid, right? Somebody that they can put on the outside. When the Falcons split out Kyle Pitts out wide, it's going to be Mukamu who's covering him, not Marquise Bell. So even though DB is listed by both of their names, to me, they play totally different positions, and I don't even really think they're competing for the same snaps at all. All right, let's let's try this one more time. Okay, it's like it's only like two qu- one question left. It's like the last You're question. Good. 
Okay, let's let's get through this last question and then we'll it'll take a little bit more editing than I would I'm like sorry. to do on an interview, yep. but this stream yard. You know? I know. Okay. Recently, you had another safety who stood out. You spoke about him on your show with your co-host. We're going to call him Izzy because I'll let you say the name. Let, let's get the name because Israel I do. Israel Makamu. Yes. Israel Makamu. Right. Did I get that right? Yeah, you're good. Yep. It's really not that hard once you know not how to bad. say it. But um, out of South Carolina, and you spoke about him being a safety who stood out. Are him and Bell competing at all? Because I know Bell is kind of a hype as him. Are they competing for time? Yeah, so I know that both Bell and Mukamu have DB listed by their names, but to me, they couldn't be more different, even though they're both these six foot three long athletic defensive backs. Bell is your in the box safety enforcer blitzer. Mukamu is the guy that can match up with Kyle Pitts when he motions out wide, right? He's the guy when at South Carolina was lined up opposite of JC Horn at cornerback. So he's playing you know, the slot corner spot, the outside corner, the free safety role where bell is more closer to the line of scrimmage. I'm going to play on rundowns. I'm going to hit you and you're going to feel it tomorrow. Right. So I think, I, I think those are both guys down the roster, but they are competing for different spots on the roster. Definitely. Marcus Mosher. Great to come on and talk about when Mark started in the yes. season and what he, what he's done. I appreciate you coming on. Make sure you guys are checking out locked on Cowboys as well, because it's not only here that you're going to be hearing about Marquise bell. You can also hear about him on locked on Cowboys. I appreciate you coming on and giving the insight brother. Of course. Anytime. Much appreciation to Marcus Mosher for coming on and telling us about how one of our former HBCU players and current NFL players is performing in the NFL at the moment, I have high hopes for Marquise Bell, and it sounds like he's living up to all of them. Now, I appreciate you for making us your first listen of the day. Every day on tomorrow's episode, we're going to be right back at it, and we're going to be attacking FAMU versus North Carolina with our good friend, Candace Cooper. Speaking of her, go ahead and make Locked on ACC and the other conference shows your first listen of the day every day. I do appreciate that as Meantime, in between time, if you're looking for me, you can find me on Twitter at South Exclusives. Next time that we hear each other, family, take care, stay blessed. Peace.